You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Lee Ray, welcome to Real Faith Stories. Really looking forward to you sharing your very powerful story today. Well, thank you, Brian, for having me and an opportunity to share how Jesus has conquered me. Hmm, I like the way you said that. Well, I'd love for you to share some of your backstory, your upbringing, and then how you got involved in the food service business. And then a pretty amazing twist that you weren't expecting happened and how God used that twist to lead you in a phenomenal direction in your life. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Orange County, California, and it's a middle to upper class area. I grew up in a middle class home, and I loved my childhood, and it was good. And I always wanted to be wealthy. I always wanted to have a, a business of my own, and I wanted to retire by the time I was 40. And the Lord presented an opportunity for me in, in doing all of those things, and it was with my mom and dad. My mom is a gourmet cook, and she just made stuff for my dad. And one day, she made some beef jerky for my dad. My dad wanted to lose some weight, and so she made some homemade steak jerky for him. And one day the sandpaper salesman came in that was calling on my dad and said, you know, Loretta, how much of that stuff can you make? And she says, why do you ask? And he says, because I can sell everything you make. I call on a hundred guys like my dad. And so she started making this, this sandpaper salesman beef jerky, who was a Christian as well. And let me pause. Sandpaper? So my dad was in the furniture restoration business. Okay. <laughs> and so he was my dad's rep for selling. He was the guy my dad bought sandpaper from. I had this picture of this guy going door to door trying to sell sandpaper. What a tough, <laughs> that's tougher than vacuum cleaners, man. <laughs> yeah. So, well, guys like my dad, it was real easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thanks for that clarity. So my mom started making this guy beef jerky. And the next thing you know, she's making 800 pounds of beef jerky at home. She's got about 50 of these small small dehydrators back in those days that you would buy at Sears or Montgomery Wards. And the sandpaper salesman is making more money selling beef jerky on the side than he <laughs> is selling his real job sandpaper. So the business is going well and it's starting to grow, but they're still in a very small, maybe a thousand square foot facility. And one thing leads to another. And the Lord has me join the company at 19 or 20. And I was always told when I was a kid that I could sell sand to the Arabs. And I never really knew what that meant. It just meant that I had a gift in selling and it started when I was in third grade. I was selling my mom's chocolate chip cookies. You know, when kids were trying to trade their sandwich for an apple or this or that, I already had really good food. I didn't need their food. I wanted their money. So I sold <laughs> my mom's chocolate chip cookies. Not the beef jerky, the chocolate no. chip cookies. Okay. So that's how I kind of got that reputation. And, and lo and behold, it, it, it followed into my adult life. No training on sales or anything. I just I just had a passion to be able to share what I believed in and asked people to partner with me in that and then deliver what I said I was going to be able to do. So I started selling and, and I sold more product than the company could make. 
And then I started running the company because I needed to get new equipment, new funding, new things like that, that was past my dad's ability. And uh, one thing led to another and the company started growing, growing well. And we had 250 employees. We were producing 150,000 pounds of meat a week into beef jerky, six days a week, 24 hours a day. I won entrepreneur awards from Inc. Magazine, Merrill Lynch, Ernst & Young as an elite CEO in 92 and 93, I believe. So I was living my dream of having my own company, becoming wealthy, I'm building a kingdom under myself. And all of a sudden, my mom and dad start praying shortly after, this was probably about the mid-90s, and they said, Lord, do whatever it takes to bring Lee Ray into a personal relationship with you. I get tears every time I start to think about that. Mm, And and see, my mom and dad dedicated the company, Brian, to the Lord, and it it was dedicated to the Lord from 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. And it says, instruct those who are rich in the world not to put their trust in their riches, but put their trust in the Lord, because he is the one who gives us all things to enjoy. When my mom read that, she named the company Enjoy Foods International. Now, many years on the other side of a lot of the things the Lord has done in my life that we'll talk about is I realized I became everything the scripture said not to become. I became prideful. I became haughty. I was building a kingdom unto myself. And the Lord literally used that same scripture to bring me into agreement through humbling and breaking me and in multiple different ways, as I said when we started, conquering me. So your parents began to pray in earnest, whatever it takes, Lord. To bring, mm-hmm. to bring you into the kingdom of God. And what happened? So this is in the mid-90s. One of the first things the Lord does is open up my eyes to my marriage with Teresa. I think we had been married 15 years. And by the grace of God, just last month, we celebrated our 41st anniversary. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. But in year 15, it was ugly. Everything that I thought I was doing and everything I thought I was doing it for, she had a different view and unbeknownst to me, somewhere along 10 to 15 years into it, she went one direction, I went another direction, just ignorantly didn't know that that was the case. And so I'm thinking, man, I don't know if we're going to make it or not. So I gift all of my stock back to mom and dad because we don't make it. I got to take care of the family and I'm not going to let her take the company. So I think it's okay. You know, we'll just put it back in mom and dad's hands. It should be pretty safe there, right? Well, now in that season, I'm now just crushed and I'm ready to throw myself 100% into the business. As soon as I make a decision to do that, the Lord speaks to my mom and dad jointly and says, fire him. Wow. So I give up all of my stock, right, thinking it's going to be safe there. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have this strong vision and impression to fire me. And I really came to understand that that was my mom and dad's Isaac. I was their Isaac because they had put so much faith and confidence in the one the Lord was using. And the Lord was really challenging them. Are you going to put your faith and trust in the one that I'm using to do all of this? Or are you going to put your faith and trust in me? And it was a big test for them. And uh, so they did. They put their faith and trust in the Lord, and they fired me. And that started a process of the Lord answering my mom and dad's prayer. Incredible. Yeah. So Teresa and I, we we had a nice big house up on the hill, and we lost all of that. And uh, the Lord puts us back into a little teeny rental where kids are having to share bedrooms and things like that they never had to do in their life. And they're in their teens in high school. And I spend probably 15 hours a day, no less, 
one-on-one with God. Teresa would go off to work, the kids would go to school, and I spent 18 months just seeking the Lord. That is a incredible mind blow that you went from this pinnacle of success, get fired, out of your house, now in a rental, kids sharing bedrooms, wife goes to work, you're all alone, you and God. Yep. Then God started to do some major rearranging of your heart. What was he speaking to? What were you discovering? I kind of need to take you back a little bit. My mom and I had joining offices. And so we had a, a, a door pathway from her office into my office. So she's the chairman of the board, founder, and I'm the president and CEO. And when she would get mad at me, I'd do something stupid or something that she didn't agree with. She'd come in with the Bible and shaking it at me. And she goes, you need to read this. This is how I want my company run. And I would tell her, I'd yell back at her. I said, I tried. I don't understand it. You need to read it again. So this happened over and over. And so now I'm in this this rental and I get up in the morning and I opened up the Bible. And this is my life verse that drew me in. It was John 14, 26. And it says that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that he has said to you. So now remember, I don't understand the word. I've tried for many years to read it. And I read this verse, and there's something, Brian, that I I just understood, and only by God, is when he said he would teach me all things, I knew that that meant anything in the universe, not just the Bible. How awesome. Knew everything about my business, everything about my marriage, everything about what wasn't right. I just knew that I knew that that meant all things. And to bring back to my remembrance things that he had said— well, he's got to open up this this Bible for me so he can bring back something to my remembrance. And if I don't understand it, how can he bring it back to my remembrance? Sure. So I got up every day, and this happened for three to five years, I can't remember, to John 14, 26. And I would take my finger and I would pound on my Bible, get my cup of coffee, and I said, you said, you said, you said, this Holy Spirit would teach me all things. I need to know this Holy Spirit. I'm here start teaching me. And that's what started my journey to where I am today. It all starts right there in starting to know him and starting to have an encounter with Holy Spirit teaching me, revealing things. So Holy Spirit started teaching me and opening up his word. And I loved business and and business is the greatest game in the world and passionate about it. And I didn't understand the word, but so what he did is he started showing me what I call old way, new way. And he took the way I did business would teach me something in scripture. And then as he opened up the word to me, he would illuminate it with a business example. And he would say, this is how you did it. This is how I want you to do it. And this went on for 18 months. Man. And so then around that 18th month time, my mom calls me and she says, I want to meet with you. And I said, okay. So we met and she started to tell me how great the company was. And I started asking financial questions. And she started crying, Brian. And she said, I'm meeting with you because they want us to file bankruptcy. We've lost 75% of the revenue since you've been gone. And you're the only one I know who can fix this. And the Holy Spirit's touching me right now. It brings back a lot of emotions. Sure. And I said, Mom, I'll come back under one condition. God's number one. Family's number two. Business is number three. And she had always had that order, Brian. But it was the first time she ever heard me have that order. I bet she was undone. Yeah. So now I go back and I have 
no idea of the state that the company's in. And I get there and I start investigating and, and just doing what I knew how to do so well. I knew the business inside and out. Mm-hmm. And in about day three, a banker walks in. They had switched banks while I was gone. I don't know this banker. And the company is out of covenant. They had changed banks and got new lines of credits and funding and that kind of stuff. And they were out of covenant. They were in really, really bad shape. So I tell the lady, I said, here's who I am. Here's what I've done. And, you know, if you give me a forbearance agreement for six months, we'll make this right. She wanted to know more of who I was because I was never in the picture when they shift banks and so on. And she goes, you know, how do you know you can do this? And I said, because these customers are my friends and they will help me. And there was millions of dollars of product in our factory that wasn't moving. that wasn't getting finished in, in the manufacturing aspect of things. And we got it done and I called on customers and they just, they helped us. And in this season, what the Lord was teaching me was, it's one thing to learn things in your prayer closet. It's one thing to become this theologian in your prayer closet and in your study closet. It's another thing to live it out experientially. And in Ephesians, it says that the experiential love of God surpasses the experiential knowledge of God. And so for us to really grow into a greater fullness of the revelation that we gain in our prayer closet, we need to experience it. And as we experience it under the most intense pressure, calling you every single day, are you going to go back to your old ways that you know how to do so well, or are you going to let Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in a particular way that He wants to do so that He can perfect and complete a greater work in you? Or, and regardless of the results, as CEOs, we're so result-driven and so result-discerning. You know, if we, if we had a good day, oh, God must be with us, right? If we have a bad day, oh, He must not be happy with us. No, He's, he's perfecting us and completing us, and He's using, you know, the spiritual realm of good and evil, it says in Hebrews 5.14, to, to teach us the difference between those things. And that happens under sometimes the most intense pressure. And so I let Holy Spirit have His way. And this becomes the second 18-month season. And at the end of that second 18-month season, my mom prays again, Lord, I do not want this burden anymore. And within days of that time, the bank gets the judgment, the receiver comes in and takes over our company. Let me ask you this. The six-month period, the bank obviously granted that to you. Yeah. Your clients purchased the extra product, helped you out. It sounds like you got your footing again, correct? So, yes, we make good on the forbearance agreement, but they want out. The bank wants out. So they've changed their mind and they've said, you need to go get new funding. You need to take us out of the picture now. So she calls me every single day. This lady made my life miserable. (laughs) I spent every waking hour trying to find impossible funding because the company, I needed to rebuild the company. But I couldn't because I was spending all this time trying to find impossible lending. So we never, never got out of it. And so that's when mom started praying 18 months into it. So now I'm on 36 months on the other side of this time from being fired. And now my mom prays and says, Lord, I do not want this burden anymore. It's too much. Now, remember, my mom dedicated the company to the Lord. So this whole thing that we have been enjoying and enduring for 18 plus years is all based on an agreement that my mom and dad made with the Lord over this business. 
And I'm thinking God's training me to take this business and it's going to be mine and then my children and my children's children. And it was like, no, this is between your mom and I. Yeah. You had nothing to do with this. Yeah, it's not about you. <laughs> yeah, so he certainly did. He finally took his hand off the protection and let the bank get their judgment to answer my mom's prayer that he was protecting us from for so many years. And that now brings it into the company in December of 2000. January of 2001, it's time to go back to work. The Lord has done a great work in me. So I call up mom and I said, you know, mom, it's time to go back to work for me. She says, well, I'm, I'm retired. I'm done with this. And I said, you know, we never launched a lot of the products that we developed and invented. I said, how about I take those to market and I just send you a royalty check? She goes, you have my blessing. I'll go to my mailbox and check out the money each month you sent me. So uh, I decided, you know, I said, Lord, I'm going to take a page out of mom and dad's book. I don't know what this company is. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how we're going to do it. But before I ever even step out anything, I'm going to do what mom and dad did and what you've taught me. And I need to dedicate this company to you before I ever get started. So I'm getting ready to dedicate this new business. And I said, you know, Lord... I'm going to go even further than what mom and dad did. And I'm going to make a covenant with you. And my covenant was this, time is precious. The Lord's work is much. I won't spend my time doing any other business that isn't the work of the Lord. As soon as I make that covenant, the Lord doesn't launch me into business. He starts to give me visions, uh, faces of business owner. Some I know well, some I don't know at all. And I just start praying for them. Then the Lord starts sending me to their their offices or their businesses, and I just show up unannounced and pray for them in person. So you feel prompted to go ahead and just show up. Oh, yeah. And so one of them was a dear man that went to the Lord through COVID, had a very large Italian distribution business, and he was the CEO. But he was the one CEO. If you've ever been part of CEO groups, there's always one in a group. Every group has one that everybody kind of looks to for advice and wisdom more than all the other ones. Mm -hmm. There's always one that's just the smartest one in the room. And this guy was that guy in his community. So he had CEOs calling him every hour on the hour for advice. How do I do this? Or what should I do? And finally, one time I've watched this happen multiple times, sitting in front of him, praying for him. He tells one guy, he says, you know what? He says, I'm going to have my counselor come over to your office. He's going to leave right now. He's going to be at your door in five minutes. You open up the door and you see him. And the guy goes, you have a counselor? He goes, yep. And he's on his way to you. So he sends me over there. Well, he did this now to everybody. And he starts sending me to all of these CEOs to minister to them and counsel them and advise them. And the next thing you know, I'm never doing business again. The Lord now said to me, I said, you know, what happened to this company I gave you? And this, he goes, no, no, no. He says, you made a covenant with me. And now I'm going to use you the way I want to use you. And I'm going to use you not to affect one company. I'm going to use you to affect thousands of companies. This network starts to build obviously, mm -hmm. of people you're working with. What happened next? So it builds up. I'm living my dream. All right. I was part of CEO groups when I had the company and, and I thought, wow, how cool is this? This is just an amazing community. And so it starts to grow and it starts to build. And I'm in a season where the Lord is not providing. I'm going to these places. I'm showing up. I can't ask for any money. I can't really even ask for prayer for finances. And I've got nothing. And Teresa's never really made more than 60% of our 
total overhead. And God's not letting me ask anybody. Because one of the things with CEOs is CEOs are always looked to as the checkbook for ministries. And what most ministries and pastors don't realize is how much need the CEO has and how lonely the CEO is. And so if I ever walked in their door and they were looking over their shoulder just waiting for me to ask for something, they would never open up and be as vulnerable and as transparent with me as they have been Mm -hmm. for 22 years now. But an interesting thing happened for me. We get into year 10, and I am ministering to maybe 50 business owners full-time and another 50 to 75 part-time. And my relationship with the Lord was, at that time, before I really had the encounter with Holy Spirit, I always really looked to the Father as my relationship. And then I knew that Jesus was the door. And I always had said, if Jesus is the door, then communion with the Holy Spirit is the key that opens the door. So I thought I had a really pretty decent perspective of the Trinity. And in year 10, Holy Spirit says to me one morning, he says, you know, it's all about Jesus Christ, right? But when the Lord asks you a question like that, realize you probably don't know the answer as well as you think you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I used to go through my factory and I would ask my vice president of manufacturing, you know, this or this or that. And I already knew the answer. You know, and he said, you know, well, I'll get back to you on that. And I said, it's too late. You're not doing your job. I said, I already know the answer. And mm. if you don't know the answer, you're not doing your job. So I already knew I was in trouble with the Holy Spirit asked me a question like this. <laughs> So what happens is, is he says in year 10, so from 2000 to 2010, now I'm getting ready to start my second decade of ministry. And I've learned that these decades, there are significant shifts that happened for me. There was another one that happened in 2020, 10 years after this one. So he tells me to drop every CEO that I'm working with, let them know that I'm not ministering for a great length of time. I have no idea what that's going to be. They can't call me. They can't call me for prayer, that the Lord is calling me basically to a sabbatical. And I have no long idea how long it is. Well, it ended up being about 10 to 12 months. And the Lord teaches me, Holy Spirit is just teaching me about Jesus. And I come out of that, that almost one year season of sabbatical. It comes out of Colossians 1, 15 through 18. And it talks about where all things were created by Christ, for Christ, through Christ, they exist because of him, for him, that in all things, he should be preeminent first. And I came out of that season and I said, Lord, from this point forward, everything is about the preeminence of Jesus Christ in business. And so our institute modules, we have an online institute module called the Jesus Christ CEO Institute. And the modules that started off as written modules, they are now video and written portions. But those modules in our institute is restoring the preeminence of Jesus Christ in business, the ultimate unfair competitive advantage. So that really launched me into a a much greater significance about Jesus and his restoration. Even as I say that restoration, it reminds me, Brian, of my dad. Remember I said that my dad was in the restoration business? Yeah. So when I'm growing up as a little boy, I worked with my dad from full time almost, you know, especially in the summer months from probably seven years on. So I was in the stripping tank. I was doing all of this work and restoring furniture. And this became part of my childhood dream of wanting to run my own company, not wanting to do things that my dad was doing. And I I told my dad, I said, you know, in my teens, I said, dad, 
I am never going to work as hard as you like this. I'm not going to be a refinisher. I'm not going to be a mover. We had moved so much furniture in my life with him. You know, we're clients. That was the last thing I was going to do. And I get into this season where I'm at with the Lord. And the Lord shows me, you're in the restoration business like your dad. Yeah. And I go, oh, my gosh. So I call a pastor friend of mine and I tell him, the Lord has put me in the same business as my dad. I'm in the restoration business. And he says, Lee Ray, because of your dad and all of the time you spent with your dad, you know more about restoration than you even know you do. That's so good. So I call my dad one morning. I'm on a drive. I just feel compelled to tell you this. I don't think I've ever told this story publicly. I said, Dad, the Lord's put me in the same business as you. And Brian, I start weeping. I start crying. And I'm driving in the car. And Holy Spirit arrests me. And all I can say is, I'm sorry, Dad, forgive me. I'm sorry, Dad, forgive me. I become so arrogant and prideful. And I did everything I could to not work as hard as my dad. So I'm going to use my brain, Dad. And it was just pride. And in that moment, it was probably one of the greatest healing, restoration moments I've ever had. In that moment, the love of the Lord just restored me to my dad. And it was just really, really an amazing thing. It sounds like it. I'm in the restoration business. The Lord is reconciling and restoring all things to himself. And I get to participate with Jesus in doing that in the business area, you know, the public squares of business. But I'm in the same business as my dad was. And God's given you this holy sandpaper. (laughs) 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 Yeah, good stuff. So back in 2010, you spent this 10 to 12 months, the Lord teaching you about the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And then you launched into that next decade teaching that, right, to the folks that you were ministering to in your business. And the name of your business is? It's a ministry from day one. Uh uh, The ministry is Windows of Heaven. Windows of Heaven. The Lord told me, he says, I want you, in that January 2001, when I made my covenant, he gave me a vision. And in that vision, he started showing me how money was going to be moved from business into his kingdom. And he said, I want you to establish a storehouse for me, my companies, and my CEOs. And he gave me Malachi 3, 6 through 8, and that I was to name it Windows of Heaven. Okay. Probably about year 2015, 15 years into it, I started developing the Institute. And it's called the Jesus Christ CEO Institute. And we have an online institute, so we equip business owners. I think we've equipped over over 500 business owners from 75 different nations in the last five years with the Institute. And when I was writing Module 2, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, can I call these men and women, business owners, Jesus Christ CEOs, because I'm not real big on using, you know, biblical terms as marketing slogans. Sure. So I said, can I do that? And Holy Spirit said this to me, because this is what we lead them to do in in the Institute. He says, when they make a covenant with Jesus Christ to live as an authentic disciple through communion with the Holy Spirit, and they consecrate their companies to him as Lord, master, owner, and operate them that way, they now belong to him, and they now can bear his name. They are now can be identified as Jesus Christ CEOs. There's so much depth to what you just stated. Amen. As you've been training these CEOs over the years, what's one of the top one or two issues, challenges that you see most people encountering as they yield their business to the Lord? 
we break the covenant as module one and covenant consecration takes place in module two of this blueprint that the Lord has given me. So in covenant, we have a definition of what an authentic disciple is. And part of that definition is habitually living a self-sacrificial life, dying unto one's self, where it's no longer they who live, but it's Christ living in them and the life they now live. They live by faith in Christ through communion with the Holy Spirit, Galatians 2.20 there. So the greatest issue in, in becoming a disciple of that very first step is finally dying and forsaking all, including their own life. That is the number one issue. In the company side, it really becomes, you know, especially if you were like me, there was a day in time I told the Lord, I said, okay, Lord, all right. You built this company. You did this. You did that. I agree with you, but come on. I had to have something to do with it, right? <laughs> and then I'm on my face crying and repenting. So, oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm still so prideful. <laughs> Apart uh, from you, I can do nothing, right? But that's what happens with company consecration. And I just, this one business owner who's made a covenant, even before he met me, named his company after a scripture. I mean, his legal entity is literally a scripture out of the Bible, his corporation. So he was living this before he ever met me. He's made his covenant. He surrendered his life. And he gets to company consecration. And he says, brother, you know what? I don't know if I can do this. I go, what do you mean? He goes, this is harder than covenant. I go, how can it be harder? You just forsook all. He goes, well, I built this and the money and the business. I know what Jesus is asking me to do, and this is hard. So see, even though we give and make this covenant, somehow this company's got a, there's a, there's this possession and the money and the status and the position in the world and, and everything. This man was very influential and had a very nice company and business. And it was harder for him to fully, fully give the company to Jesus than it was his life. He eventually did it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not always easy. I could tell you stories, but you were getting ready to lead me, I think, to this next decade, 2020. Let's go there. So where we are today and how I believe the Lord wants us to do this is back in December of 2020, I write in my journal, the Lord has been speaking to me more intensely and bigger than ever before about media. Four days later, I write in my journal, I believe the Lord wants me to start a global media ministry for all Christian CEO platforms. And when I asked the Lord, I go, Lord, why do you want this media ministry like this and so big? And he says, because I want to tell the world what Jesus has been doing in business. And I believe the Lord is ready to use media to unite all of these Christian CEO platforms. And he's ready to now share with the world what he's been doing for the last 20 years is far more than anybody knows. Probably mind-blowing. Yes. Speaking of that, how can people find out more about you and your ministry? Our website is jcceo.com. So it's an acronym for Jesus Christ CEO. So jcceos.com. Perfect. Well, as we finish up here, we'd love to have you pray for our listeners, please. Lord, I am so grateful and so humbled and so appreciative of really the words you gave me to start off this episode with, Lord, and your love, your mercy, and your compassion in conquering me. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for mom and dad's prayers and how powerful they are. 
Mom and Dad's prayer was so powerful for me, and you were so faithful and so loving with me. Lord, there are men and women who you have called, appointed, and anointed to lead and be overseers of your companies. Lord, you created all things, and you created them for yourself, and they exist because of you. So I pray for every business owner who is listening to this and who will listen to this in the future, that they truly will once and for all forsake all and surrender their lives to you to be Lord and master owner and to habitually live as an authentic disciple through communion with the Holy Spirit. And then, Lord, I pray that they truly would give this company back to you. It was you who gave it to them. It was you who gave them all of the abilities and gifting and favor and wealth and resources to do what they do. Now, you tell us, Lord, in your word that it's reasonable for you to ask us to do this because you gave your life for us. Now, may every CEO and business owner give their companies back unto you as Lord, master owner, where they will never, ever from that point forward be greater than third in command. Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, and then them. May they finally, once and for all, do that. And then every promise in your word, Lord, where we live unto you as Lord, Master, Owner, fulfilling your predestined purpose for which you sent us into this world, I ask you, Lord, to pour out an ultimate unfair competitive advantage, making your companies and your CEOs, as it says in Malachi 3.18, stand out as a sharp, distinct difference from those who serve you and those who do not. These companies now belong to you. And now, Lord, manifest yourself as you said you would in your word and let the world see there is a difference between Jesus Christ and the ruler of this world. And there is no comparison to those who serve him and those who serve you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ray. I really appreciate it. Powerful, powerful story. Thank you for an opportunity to share it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.